Motorcycles and Misfits here at the Recycle Garage in sunny sort of. Santa Cruz, California. Yeah. <laughs> What'd you think of that, JJ? Did it just transform you real quick? Mm. <laughs> I didn't see much sun, I know that. <laughs> <laughs> Not enough today. <laughs> hey everyone, this is Eliza, and I have many motorcycles in this room. Quite a few. Many. Very small ones. They're taking over, man. <laughs> Putting up more. Yep. And more. And I'm wondering if I have enough to fill the room. <clears throat> oh, you're going to have enough. Once all the trains are gone. Challenge accepted. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like a phasing out of an era. No more I, trains, new motorcycles. I will admit I have continued to buy some. Hmm. Stop uh, buying them. Surprise, surprise. <clears throat> Stop I buying know. <clears throat> Well, the funny thing is. That knock is next to me. Hey, who's, who's in the house tonight? <laughs> 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 All right, this is a knock. How are you guys doing You got today? a mouthful of something. No, I don't. Yeah, you do. No, I know. <laughs> then why you look like a chipmunk? <laughs> I've got, it's a medical condition, <laughs> goddammit. <laughs> <laughs> Running the board tonight. It's Bagel. Hello. As I like to say, he's a ginger and a scooterist, so it's a double recessive gene. Pretty much, yep. <laughs> yeah. Man. Oh, boy. <laughs> and I wear him proudly. Is it true that if ginger scooterists mate, it's a 25% chance of non-life sustaining? Uh, no? N- non- not viable, a viable egg? Non- yeah, not viable. <laughs> I, I don't know if there have, it's ever been tried before. Hmm. <laughs> oh. Ooh. Hmm. 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 The, recy- the recycle lab. <laughs> so, um, any of y'all ladies want to sit <laughs> on Bagel's thing for science? But but then you'd have to find a ginger scooter. Ginger scooterist. There you go. <laughs> if you're interested in being a part of science, there you hmm. go. For science. For science. For there science. So, he needs to sit on his dick. <laughs> for science. For science. On the classy girl couch tonight, it's JJ. Who am I? Where am I? Why am I here? <laughs> <laughs> Which most of our guests say. <laughs> I know. And uh, Bex, is, Bex is out in the garage. I assume that she will come in, usually not quietly. But we have a, um, a young young gentleman who showed up for the first time at the garage. Yes. And as Riding my, what now? Well, riding... Uh, familiar bike. Yeah, Naked Jim and Jake's old Nighthawk 250. Yeah. yeah. But as many people do on their first visit, when they have a project, they show up about mid-afternoon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is this a millennial thing, like the day starts at three? Mm. Um, Maybe. Well, he'll know next time to show up earlier, because... You chastised him like ten times. You don't have an idea of like how long these things take, so, you yeah. know. Yeah, he's doing uh, chain and sprocket, so credit to him. He got both sprockets. Mm-hmm. and um, But first time, so it was a learning experience. JJ, thank you for jumping in. You were helping him. But, of course, there were things like um, broken bolts and things you deal with along the way. What kind of what bolts were those for? What were they holding? What kind of plate were they covering up? They're the front sprocket, and I can tell you what happened. Uh, yes. I'm, I'm 10% at, at fault. Mm. I introduced to him a fun tool called the impact driver. Mm-hmm. 
and we used it to remove stuff. Oh yes. <clears throat> and when he was oh, putting boy. stuff on, you didn't tell him to. Just hold on, use it no, I said when you're you? putting stuff on, <laughs> just use it to get the nut on, and then use the torque wrench to tighten it. And when oh, we were doing the oh, front boy. sprocket, he said. It keeps spinning when I'm trying to put them on. So I just kind of uh, used the impact on it, but it was spinning. So it really wasn't tightening it. And I said, so leave it. And then when the chain is on, you can tighten it properly. So he put the chain on and then put the impact back on. Mm. Don't. Okay. And and, and pop both of them. So that that was the problem that I had told him to use. I didn't tell him specifically in that case at that moment to use the um, torque wrench. First of all, you don't put on loose nuts unless you're experienced mm-hmm. with an impact driver. Mm-hmm. And yep. especially if you've never done anything like this or worked with tools, because it looks like he was fully green. Yep. Well, in my defense, he did put on the no rear defense. Sp- oh, yes, <laughs> he did put on the rear sprocket nuts, and he did it properly, or he just drove them down to okay. where it just started to ratchet and stop okay so he had established that he knew to put them on and not to ratchet them on so you're we he was basically getting mixed messages of, of, of hurrying up and taking his time because like he could just threaded those things on with his hand mm-hmm. you know Maybe. yeah well, he could like like we always used to do back in the day right <laughs> i mean look what it is is when you take those nuts off and uh you got to check the threads. Yeah. Especially when you have a bike that you don't, you know, it's not <clears throat> yours and this is the first time working on it. And having to put those nuts or th- uh, bolts back on with an impact driver, if you've got a galled thread mm-hmm. and you didn't inspect that, that could, oh, yeah. you know, be compounding. So, yeah. Well, I would, they were real small. Yeah. And mm-hmm. you put in, I wouldn't have used an impact at all on those. No. Yeah. It might be better to use one of those, like, like hands, uh, like cordless. Well, that's the point. I, I like, used the impact, but I knew not to. Yeah, tighten them. Well, I didn't think he would pick it up those, and do it again. The sprocket, the front sprocket uh, plate cover yeah. holder thing, they're, they're like 20 foot pounds, 15 foot pounds. Yeah. Well, so, he, yes. And yes. And effectively. I know. Yeah. It's one of those things where I think he just just tried it out, but learned the no, lesson. Don't pass the buck, Because man. here's the thing, though. Both of them broke. Yeah. So that's the question. If he st- broke the one, then why did he do it on the second one? Uh, I, don't I don't know. know. I don't know. He thought he was doing what you told him to do. <laughs> it's, it's quite possible, which you is why, be though, right? which is why I'm the one who got out the um, the the bolt removers, uh, the right. easy outs, and I removed them. Yeah, was that so, easy? Pretty straightforward. <laughs> uh, no, I broke one of the easy outs in it, oh, geez. and oh, then I tried geez. to drill out the easy out and, and doled out the next easy out. Mm-hmm. And then I had to. What yeah. I ended up doing is, um, I had to come in. It was uneven, so I got a, the grinder on the Dremel mm-hmm. grinder tip, and I had to grind it smooth. And then I used a punch. A punch. Yeah. I did it the right way, and mm-hmm. it yeah, came out. yeah. So. Eh, he's out there uh, doing it. But, yeah, he did get a little bit of a lecture from me slightly about, you know, don't come in the middle of the day. But I know kids do that all the time. Yeah. Well, they're not anticipating that it's going to take six hours. They're not anticipating to break in fucking, like, you know, five millimeter bolts with an impact driver. (laughs) That, too. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, there was quite a few people. So, um, JJ, this was your first time here, and you got to kind of see... What it's like? How was it for you? Did, who did you help? What What was your experience? Yeah, I hope 
couple people. It was really interesting. I was surprised how many uh, newbies were here mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and just didn't know a lot, but it was really nice helping them and showing them what to do. Speaking of broken bolts, you helped John with his Harley who over-tightened the shock uh, bolt mm-hmm. and he got a replacement which was right in replacement, but learned he got to take a lot of things off. Yeah, he was. To get he to kept it. saying, "Oh, I got all the stuff." I said, "Just take your time, and you'll just find out only a few minutes, and you'll get stuff apart." Yeah, so he got that done, and actually, he got it done um, a little bit early. He had some extra time, so. Uh, knock. I don't know if you know this. John wants to buy my DR three fifty. Uh, John, who? Uh, Asian yeah. John. Oh, okay. With the Harley? Yeah, yours is plated, right? Yeah. Why and not? He knows how to work on a Harley. He whenever he gets DR. his project done early, he's like, can I can I take the bike out? <laughs> like, all right, okay, you earned it. <clears throat> he took it out. He went around the block. He's, you know, staying within, you know, the home. And uh, I heard him coming up the street. Yeah. I was like, what yeah. idiot is... Oh, that's my that's bike. That's my stupid bike. <laughs> my bike, okay. Yeah. Um, and he pulls up and he's like... Dude, I can basically power wheelie this bike. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. yeah. And he goes, can I take it out again? <laughs> I said, no. No. Uh, no. You should have said that shit, dude. You should have no. said that shit. And then I said, wait, what happened to the turn signal? Why is the turn signal, like the turn signal, the internal nut came loose, so the turn signal's flopped and it's un- unattached. Did he dump it? And I, no, he didn't. I think it's just something having vibrations. Yeah. And I'm like, hey, why don't you instead try and um, fix this turn signal? He goes, I'll fix it when I buy it. Oh, mm. damn. And I'm like, and then he goes, so can I, can I take it out again? <laughs> no. <laughs> Let me give you some advice here. Don't te- first tell someone that. Listen here, son. That I want to try and wheel your bike, and then don't tell them I'm not going to work on it until I own it, and then ask them to ride it again. And then I, yeah. I told him, don't do that. And he goes, Well, I already wheeled it once. I'm like, Okay. okay. That means it's his. That's another nail. That's another nail. Don't tell somebody Damn. that you wheelied their bike. That's a lot of attitude. <laughs> <laughs> and he's looking at me like he's still expecting that I'm going to say, okay, go ahead. Goddamn wow. fucking Harley trash. <laughs> <laughs> so the the lesson here is if you're going to wheelie someone's bike, don't tell them and don't do it in front of them. Yeah. yeah. Do it behind them where they yeah. can't really see headlights. <laughs> and, and don't tell them about it. <laughs> yeah. And then he took it out again anyway. Wait, he did? Yes, he did. Oh, no. <laughs> oh. What? After I told him no? Yes. Damn. Busted. Oh. That guy's busted. All right. He'll help you. Oh. I, you have his ooh. number? You can call well, well, you know what this means, Liza? Hmm. You can ask whatever price you want for that bike now. Because mm. <laughs> he well, I it. think it's, it's half half. It's half his now. You know. <laughs> right. It's been a while since we played a good prank in the garage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm betting he doesn't listen to this show. Hmm. No. What should we do? Is it your I bike's mean, on fire or is it's getting towed? There's, oh, you know what is a good one? You look one? like you fit a description. Because, <laughs> um, I mean, we, we haven't dicked a bike in a, lately, but, oh, I think I got a good one. Mm-hmm. You remember this one, Knock, where I get the Bluetooth speaker, and I hide it in the bike, and we bring up a sound of, like, a broken washing machine or something? Uh, yeah. <laughs> so when they start clank, the bike, you have someone going, like, clank, 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 clank. <laughs> yes, that's a good one. And then they turn but, white, because they're like, oh, my God. But but would he, would he be able to hear it over the Harley exhaust, though? No. <laughs> Um, Probably not. I'm thinking 
maybe we need to get some let's okay we gotta layer this on maybe some oil on the ground dude mm. you've got a leak let's yeah, get like a turkey baster of oil and do some nice squirting around the new sealy just put li- on li- yeah, I've yeah. done that before <laughs> right <laughs> to people I think he's got a leak but you only do it for on Harleys yes. the other bikes don't leak they, they, won't, they won't believe it you could always uh, <laughs> loosen his valve stem core enough to where he tries to fill it up and it just gets leaking and leaking you're you're evil. That's mean. That's, that's kind of dangerous. <laughs> that's though. totally yeah. It's mean and dangerous. Don't do um, that. Um, we can back off his spark plug uh, cap just enough. Ah <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit! That would be oh, uh, that would be funny. Is that is that gonna cause harm to his motor? No, nah. it won't start. Yeah, that's well, true. It'll, it'll, it'll crank. It'll crank. It won't catch. Or, or mm. just take one off, and it'll start running really <laughs> weird. Yeah. Well, but but oh, uh, oh, I got it, got it. Talcum powder in the exhaust pipe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Take okay. one of the caps off and drip oil underneath the bike. Hmm. Okay. That's this all, could work. That's all you. Yeah. What? I don't know. I just don't like fucking with another man's vehicles. All. You. He just. He took my bike out when I specifically told him no. Yeah, I know. That's dumb. Yeah, <laughs> you should you should pay for it, but not like that. Speaking of not messing with somebody else's vehicle, yeah, <laughs> right. This is true. <laughs> yeah, but the poor guy owns a Harley Sportster, so. <laughs> <laughs> okay, how about just talcum powder in the pipe and the oil on the ground? Okay. I don't know. I think the spark plug is a good, good, good thing. <laughs> I think taking one spark plug off. Yeah, like, like one. At least it loosen, will start. Right, loosen, but it won't run very well. Exactly. Wait, loosen, I think I got it. Loosen one cap so it's like halfway I think, on. I think I got it. I think I'm going to do what I did to Bex. I'm just going to loosen the caliper bolts. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, I'm just kidding. I didn't do that. Yes. We already established yes. it was somebody else. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, so a lot of people there, stuff going on, and um, we had another uh, visitor. Um, his name was Chris. He came all the way from Ohio. Wow. Came, took a lot of pictures, and um, really loved what we're doing here. Oh, uh, what time did he show up? I wasn't here for that. Oh, like one, maybe? Okay, yeah. And... Um, he thought it was really cool, but it was a perfect blend, as we're telling, I was telling him, because, <laughs> so he shows up, he's on a Harley, <laughs> and I said, yeah, you're in Ohio, do you go to AMA Vintage Days? And he's like, no, should I? I'm like, dude, yeah, you should, Ohio, but, man. but I said, oh, but dude, you got a Harley, they've got a, a max uh, quota of like three, so you might want to call <laughs> and see if they filled up the slots on Oh my God. <laughs> Do you believe you? <laughs> but I was telling him how the thing about uh, AMA Vintage Days is awesome because, like, the Misfits and Unloved and all the weird stuff is what's, you know, herald, heralded there. And saying how, you know, we really do love all things two wheels. And a perfect example, when we went out to the garage, we had a dirt bike uh, supermoto. Um, Yuri was on his vintage. Norton Commando. Norton, Norton Commando. Commando. He's awesome. Brand new, like FJ09. We've had we have the big twin Harley. We had a sport bike. Um, we had like uh, everything. A scooter. Motards. I mean, mot- yeah, we had a little bit of everything out there. I thought it was a good representative today of yeah, what no, we truly stand for. I honestly feel like it's a more diverse kind of group riding or, or uh, uh, style of riding that shows up than I say Alice's. Oh, <laughs> it's, 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 seriously, it's like 95% sport bikes at Alice's. Yeah. Or something like that, you know. So. Yeah. Unless the scooter rally comes by. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, 
We're going to get into JJ's story soon, but I wanted to share something first. Oh, we got more band good stuff to, to well, pitch? Is that what it is? Sort of. <laughs> so, when I was looking at JJ's bike, which he's on an Africa twin. It's mm-hmm. hot, man. So, I had to go, like, I'm into drool it. on it. <laughs> and, of course, I like had to, like, sit on it, and then his alarm went off. Because <laughs> he doesn't trust us. I right. love that uh, that bronze on the engine cover. It's, like, it's really well, nicely done paint. And I noticed on his very nice modern bike that he had uh, something that I've seen on one of these websites. Yeah. It's a very affordable, we'll call it cheap accessories. That's what it's called. It's cheap accessories. So, um, you know, you know, before I was buying from Banggood, now I'm trying out this site called uh, AliExpress. Uh, yeah, uh, a little stuff you might have heard of. It's part yeah. of Alibaba, right? Yeah. yeah. Right. Uh, it's just cheap stuff they have everything on there but i've been trying out i've got some risers and and i've been but i also been buying like chain brushes and just kind of standard stuff that Mm -hmm. we use around the shop and i noticed on his uh handlebars he had one of the uh, usb outlet things that i had been looking at recently that looked pretty cool the power outlet yeah so um i printed out uh printed out some things i'm going to pass around the room for you guys to look at that I thought are pretty cool. So, um, starting with, this is a power outlet. Can you describe it, Knock? Yeah, it is a socket kit motorcycle uh, motorcycle supplies, waterproof cigarette lighter, charger USB. It's basically like a unit where a cigarette lighter goes into and two USB ports, and it is switched, it is fused, and it also tells you the voltage of your uh, system. Got like a little voltometer there. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, and um, I, I I like it. It's a nice unit, and it has a like a rain cap to go over it. Mm-hmm. But I like that it gives you your um, voltage, and it gives you what two USB outlets mm-hmm. and an actual cigarette lighter. Yeah, that's an actual. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's hysterical. And, yeah. and for the whopping price of ten dollars and thirty six cents, son. <laughs> yeah, for saddlebags. Ten dollars and thirty-six cents. It's got a four point seven uh, star rating with twenty-four <laughs> votes on there, and there's been eighty-four orders of this stuff. So I don't know. I, don't well, know I paid fifteen dollars for mine. I got ripped off. That, there I you know. go. Yeah. I thought that looked pretty cool. It is cool. So um, I have one here that I actually ordered. Mm. So this one. Oh is, my god! Really? What? Yeah. Hold on. Uh. This one is. LED motorcycle handlebar end turn signals. Mm-hmm. And what they are is it's a bar end that has a clear loose sight with LED behind it that you can wire into your turn signals. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's $2. That's $2.04. And four cents. Very yeah. cool. They come in eaches, so you have to buy two for a set. Mm-hmm. Come on, Knock. Does that not intrigue you? No. <laughs> really? I mean, I, I've seen this. Like, the re- the real versions, expensive versions that yeah. Rizoma makes that are bright and they work. Yeah. Well, these I don't know. These are knockoffs. You get for two dollars and six cents. How can you go I, wrong? You know what? I'd imagine you could probably fuck with it somehow and then like put your own LEDs in there and make it as bright as like the Rizoma ones or whatever brand. Uh, but if you want a project, you want to putz around with it. That okay? Hey, you're out four bucks. I, you're out four I bucks. Know, I yeah. Know. I don't even have a bike to put um, it on, but it, I thought it looks cool. 
They probably wouldn't work very well for running lights, but like for turn signals, uh, yeah. You might be surprised though. Yeah. It all depends all on right there. Right Up next, I've got these are motorcycle saddlebags. And these are. <laughs> oh, man. They're not oh. leather. These are like canvas. They mm. come in either all black or they come in uh, brown and green. Mm. Um, and it is basically 20 bucks for a set of canvas saddlebags. That is yeah. so hipsterific right there. Oh, yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know what this is. A Kamimoto motorcycle saddlebag kit. Yeah. For Sportster, for BMW, for Kawasaki Vulcan, for Ducati, for all these bikes. Mm-hmm. Okay. They're just universal saddlebags. Yeah. Uh, you know, especially for somebody who has, you know, just a, a cafe racer or something, these would look good. Yeah. Throw them over. Sure. For $21, how uh, good will they look when your stuff is on the side of the road? <sighs> Stop. <laughs> I'm just, hey, man, I'm trying to be realistic about this shit. <laughs> all right. And I found one more item. And this is pretty cool. This is a... That is cool. I'm into that. Motorcycle LED headlight. And this is the one that has like the four LED individual lights in there. But this is the entire black housing. It's a six and a half inch uh, housing, um, the bulb and everything. Yeah. And that is, what is that? Twenty, $30. $30. $30. I'd get this thing just for the, the housing. I don't know what the situation is with the uh, lighting, if it's bright at all, but... That's a cool looking housing. Yeah, that's cool for a project bike. I mean, if you're on a budget, or if you, you know, you just, Again. If you're a daytime rider and you really ride at night and you need something there for quote unquote legal reasons, that's not, <laughs> that's not too bad. Well, any like younger rider who's making a cafe racer or a bobber or anything like that, yeah, this is a great headlight you can put on anything yeah for sure 30 bucks so my point being that um i've been having fun like going through these sites there are things i'm still skeptical of like gloves (laughs) or helmets that i don't want to test the point of failure um and they have other things that um seem to be standard pricing like dude um you can look up xr650r and there's like all sorts of stuff for it there Dirt bike plastics. All sorts of stuff. So AliExpress, I'm having fun with it, but especially I think for these little like uh, power outlets for your bike and stuff, what I really like about these, the one that JJ has, the one that I have, um, that they have an on-off switch. And when it's Mm -hmm. on, it has some sort of light to let you know that it's powered on. Hmm. And it reads the voltage on it. Yours does. Mine Mm -hmm. is just two USB outlets and a little LED light to let me know it's on. But um, a lot of times, it's hard for people to put those into a um, switched power. Mm -hmm. Uh, You want to just go to... You know something easy in the headlight and find switch power is hard or uh, um, you know with something like this I can, you don't have to go into one of your wires you run it directly underneath the tank to the battery mm-hmm. and you can have your power switch where when you run it to the battery most people leave things in there and forget and drain it so I like I like these I like some of these items on there so check those out yeah, I won't own a bike without a voltage meter. I have, over the years, I have yeah. caught uh, shorts and just overtaxed the uh, uh, charging system. And I did that on my DR650, and uh, I didn't realize it, and I would have just really done in the stator. Wow. So That's that's Because I idea. put in driving lights, I put in heated heated gear. Yeah. Uh, I put, you know, I put in all this stuff and uh, I didn't realize it, but I had the LED and I I turned all the stuff on and all of a sudden 125, 
12 4 12 3 <laughs> oops uh, okay it's not charging everything what's going on That's here right. yeah. you need to pedal faster <laughs> <laughs> yeah right <laughs> so jj let's learn a little bit about you um how long have you been writing <clears throat> well i am 68 years old be 69 in a couple of months and i have been riding bikes for 54 years now whoa awesome my Damn, yeah. i live yeah. I grew up in a little town in Montana, and I bought my first motorcycle when I was 15. Those are the towns you can get away with that shit. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Not yeah. in Oakland, where I grew up. <laughs> you can Actually, get away with other stuff. <laughs> yeah, Actually, the first bike I ever rode was a, at 11 years old, a Sears Roebuck moped. Yeah. And uh, my cousins let me ride it, and it was just... The feeling of the freedom, this going down the road and watching the speedometer five miles an hour, <laughs> six miles an hour, seven miles an hour. You worked for those miles. <laughs> this is living. Yeah. But for an 11-year-old, it was exciting. Oh, yeah. And that's still one of the – I still remember that to this day. Yeah, yeah. yeah I bet. <laughs> and – so I said, when I get a driver's license, I'm going to buy my first motorcycle. Nice. Excellent. That's awesome. So you sent us an email mm-hmm. with a fascinating story. And as you know, we don't like reading long emails, but we're, we're ch- that's all changing today. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I read your email and I went, oh, my God, this, this is a hell of a story. Mm-hmm. And so I emailed back, uh, where where are you by, by chance? <laughs> because I wanted to get this story told in person. Just in the way you wrote it, I could like hear your voice, not even knowing you, but hear this story. And turns out you're here in Northern California, and we're able to get you to come down. So let's set, set the scenario. You were riding what bike? I was riding my Suzuki DR650. I got a 2013. I spent probably three thousand dollars on the bike on suspension and uh, all the components Mm -hmm. and i made it into a good off-road bike i know it's a little heavy Mm -hmm. but it sits suits me fine it's got a the motor lasts forever it just runs Mm -hmm. and it's simple to work on and a few times i've dumped it pretty good and one time i had to take a couple of big rocks and beat it back into shape <laughs> <laughs> perfect it, that's my favorite tool but it works perfect. and uh mm-hmm. so uh i was on i was on my dr 650 mm-hmm. what i will tell you that uh, i've ridden a lot of dirt bikes i've owned many bikes all the way from gold wings to uh, sport cruisers and uh and uh, i just love motorcycles and mm-hmm. right now i've got an africa twin the dr650 and i'm also working on my uh, 42 uh harley that i'm restoring nice Sweet. awesome 42 is my favorite year harley mm. nice. nice yeah uh but uh i am a kind of a lone wolf lone wolf kind of writer <laughs> okay i love going out on my own and yeah uh, getting on roads that I know if something happened, I broke my leg, nobody knows where I'm at. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If I broke my leg somewhere and nobody had been on that road for days, I'd probably kill myself. Mm-hmm. But it's just the excitement of doing that. And I understand. I get, I get back uh, from doing the vacations like that, mm-hmm. and uh, it's just 
is exciting. I just I beat the devil again. Yeah. Except this last time. Mm. <laughs> it caught up to you. <laughs> yeah. Mm. That it did. Even though I got to say it really wasn't my fault. Mm. <laughs> really? <laughs> well, okay. Let it's me. hard to point the finger at someone else uh, here. <laughs> I start start earlier in the fact that a friend of mine terry we both have africa twins and we were going to do the b the bdr in nevada uh, actually we we're going to leave yesterday and uh on our africa twins and so but it's been a tough summer or tough winter with the rain and i haven't been getting out that much i'd gained 10 pounds i uh, so i said four months ago i'm going to start an exercise regimen my perfect weight is 180. Mm-hmm. So I started lifting weights, barbells, hand strengthening, stationary bicycling, and I said, so I was really exercising hard. And a month ago, I was down to 182 pounds, and I told my wife, well, I really need to do some difficult riding because I got to get myself in shape for uh, doing this BDR. So I told her, yeah, I'm going to go up north. Mm. That's all I told her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, which is normal. I, That's all you need I, to know. When I've, talking, when I've taken all these trips, uh, uh, I generally don't even tell anybody where I'm going. Yeah. And uh, I turn off my cell phone if I had a cell phone. It sounds like knock. <clears throat> yeah, yeah kind of. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And yeah. if I'm going a couple weeks, well, my wife may be lucky to hear from me once. <laughs> uh, so... Uh, I told her I was going up to uh, North. I was getting on a road. I'd been on it before, a year and a half ago. And this is more of a fire road. Yeah. And I knew it was going to be tough with all the winter rain. Probably a a high-level intermediate. And so I got on the road. And uh, what it is, it's the fire road that goes down and up a couple canyons. And so I was going down to the bottom of the first canyon and I, and I come across there was a landslide and so nobody could get across except for dirt bikes which I yeah. went around it and down the other side which I thought this is great nobody's going to be on this road now <laughs> so uh, I continued on for a couple miles got to the bottom of the first canyon and crossed, crossed the bridge big river down there got on the other side and now I was going to go back up the other side of the canyon, and this is going to be probably the most difficult part because this big loose rocks, steep in some places, and it was a good six, eight miles of doing this. And so I was really looking forward. I come around the corner, I see this creek that was 20, maybe 30 feet across, had some water in it, probably about a foot deep and ended up. So I looked at it. And I said, well, I can either go over across it fast. And mm. gl- it was nothing but big rocks. It wasn't like flat. <clears throat> there were big rocks. Mm-hmm. I, can hit, I can hit it hard and, cl- and fly over the big rocks, all right? Or you can take it real slow and just kind of do a, a climb over it. And get your feet wet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, about 15 feet before I hit the creek, it was like somebody hit me in the chest with a brick on the right side. Ooh. And, I mean, it hit me so hard that I took my hand off the, off the throttle for a second. And then, of course, it veered me off from where I wanted to go. So I put my hand back on the throttle. But at that point, I was going 
too slow and I was on the wrong I was on just the wrong path sure enough halfway across my front tire hit the big rock that mm-hmm. I didn't want to hit washed out the front tire and down the bike down went the bike mm-hmm. uh, of course on the muffler side mm-hmm. well the way it fell in the water I could not get the bike back up the way it was so I had to take all the gear off the bike mm-hmm. and oh, no. drag the bike over about three feet where the, so the <laughs> rear tire could fall into a hole. Then I got the bike up. Well, of course, at this point, uh, the muffler's all full of water, the header, the engine, everything's full of water. Oh, no. So uh, this is where I made my big mistake. I was a little cavalier in going on this trip, and I did not bring my good tools. Mm-hmm. I usually take my good set of tools where I can darn near tear the whole bike apart. Mm-hmm. I just had crappy little tools. Mm-hmm. So I didn't have the tools to take the muffler off. I didn't have tools to take the header off. Mm-hmm. And so I lifted the gas tank up and pulled the spark plugs and of course hit the starter and water comes gushing out of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so <laughs> I was hoping then with the spark plugs out I could hit the starter and at least pull it out of the creek because if I could get it on dry land yeah. I could lay the bike down lift the front end of the bike up and uh, drain the water out then I could get it going I couldn't get that bike two inches it was just too slick and the starter motor was just too weak the other problem I had and I said I, I kicked myself is this was the original battery six years old mm-hmm. Uh, and I yeah. kept for a year. I kept talking about how to get a battery oh, booster yeah. and carry with me. Mm. For a year, I talked about mm. it. I didn't do it. Mm-hmm. I didn't have it with me. So the only thing I could really do was sit there and try to pump the water out. And then uh, I got a lot of the water out. I put the spark plugs in. Almost got it started, but it. I think the problem was the header was so full of water, it was oh. just not going to pump it out. So yeah. I lifted the gas tank back up, back up, pull the spark plugs out. More water comes out. Well, about this about this time, the second time, it was like somebody hit me in the chest with a with a bat. Mm. My whole chest. Wow! It knocked me back, and I said, "Oh, darn!" or something like that. Uh, and I walked, I got out of the creek, and I just laid down in the middle of the road for about 10 minutes. Oh, shit. Now, I'm a healthy guy. Uh, I've never had heart problems. None, none of my family has ever had a history of heart problems. And I'm, I'm sitting there, there's no way I can be having a heart attack. I just got done doing 12 and a half miles on a gnarly road. I lift weights. I do all this stuff. It's something else. In the back of my mind, I was thinking it, but I just dismissed it. Yeah. Uh, call it testosterone or whatever you say. <laughs> anyway, it, it went away for a little while, or it went away a little bit. I got back up, and I worked for about two or three hours trying to get more water out of the engine, trying to get started. Almost just finally I got at the point where the battery would barely turn the uh, motor over uh, so I looked back and said well the bike's DOA now my mentality is I've done all these trips and I kind of I thought I could get out of anything I mean I've got in some pretty sticky situations but I've always worked my way out I've always MacGyvered my way back home mm-hmm. and uh, I was and so I was looking and I said, well, I'm still going to be able to get myself out, even though my chest hurt like heck. My bike is dead. I said, I'm, I can still get out of here. Now, uh, two Christmases ago, my family bought a spot. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. and I didn't set it up uh, until about 11 months ago. Mm-hmm. For those who don't know, can you say what a spot, spot is? The spot is a GPS locator, and it tracks where you're going. You can send the information to uh, people, and they can see exactly where you're at every five minutes or every 10 minutes. It also has an SOS button. Mm-hmm. In case of a life and death situation, you push it, and they will send a helicopter to come get you. Well, and and these are used by hikers, mostly and, hikers. Yeah, yeah, a lot of a lot yeah. of different scenarios. Yeah. <clears throat> so, but I still didn't consider it a life and death situation for me. I said I can still hike out of here. I can find somebody. Yeah, mm-hmm. I can hike out of here. It's only twelve miles, <laughs> uh, and find somebody or or at least get into cell phone service eventually and then I can call like Sierra Motorsports and they can f- and they'll come get me and get the bike out of there. Yeah. Uh, so, but at this point it's 7 to 8 o'clock and it's, it's getting dark so I said, well, I'm going to go ahead and set the tent up and get my soaking wet sleeping bag <laughs> and I'll spend the night here. I'm, it's bound to get better. Well, it didn't. Mm. Uh, as the night wore on, my chest got more and more sore, mm-hmm. and I still had that doubt. I can't be having a heart attack. This can't be happening to me. Yeah. Uh, but about 2, 2.30 in the morning, I started coughing, having a hard time breathing, and I laid down, and I was coughing up phlegm. phlegm. Wow. At this point, I knew... I'm in serious problem. I knew at this point it must be a heart attack. Uh, my lungs aren't clearing out the fluid. Hmm. So I swallowed my pride and hit the SOS button. Mm-hmm. Now what happens is you hit the SOS button and you've got five minutes to turn it off. If you don't turn it off after five minutes, then they start arranging to have a helicopter uh, come get you. First, they call the emergency number, which is my wife's number. And she answered the phone at 3 o'clock in the morning and uh, oh. asked, asked, asked about me. And said, well, she, he's somewhere in Northern California dirt biking. And so I said, well, we got a signal from him saying he's in a life and death situation and we got to go get him. Can you put a clause on your account that says, please don't call my wife and tell her that? <laughs> well, you could give a different number. Yeah. yeah well, wow. she, well, she was the only one that knew where I was going either. Yeah, and that yeah. was, so, uh, so she told him, so they started arranging, getting a helicopter. Well, and, I'm in the tent. And you're like fully aware that this is like, uh, what's happening? Well, you hit the SOS button and and I look at that flashing and said, boy, I sure hope this sucker works. Yeah. Because yeah. Uh, you have no indication. It just flashes and SOS. Are you getting worse? Like, what are you feeling? Oh, What's yeah. it feel like? Oh, yeah. It's my chest is getting very sore. I'm having a hard time breathing now. Mm-hmm. And I know I'm not getting enough oxygen. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I'm laying there, sitting there, and no sleep at all every every 30 seconds i gotta adjust around because it hurts so bad mm. and you know you can't ride out no at this point i knew i was mm-hmm. couldn't even walk i out. was a dead duck if something doesn't happen yeah. so of course the minutes tick by and finally i see a little light in the sky and I go maybe they're fueling the helicopter now mm. and then a little more light says maybe they're coming up with the with the crew to come get me 
anyway, around 7 o'clock, I hear a helicopter mm-hmm. and flying pretty high. I see it, and I go, I sure hope that's not a tourist helicopter. <laughs> uh, they fly over me, circle around, and then fly a lot lower and fly over me. And that's when I know they're looking for me. Yep. Then they circled around, and this time came real low above me. And I'm just sticking my head out, my arm out, and just slowly waving. So then uh, they said something on a loudspeaker. I have no idea what they said. Well, I don't know where they're going to land because I'm in the bottom of a canyon, wooded, mm. and I have no idea where they're going to land this helicopter. Yeah. They were flying around for a good 10 minutes going north, going south. I know they're struggling to try to find how so to get somebody to me. Are you just flat out? Can you, like, walk? Are oh, you, no, no. You're, I, you're, no, I... Uh, You're incapacitated. I tried, I tried to get out of the tent, and I walked a little bit, and I just, I, I almost, I almost collapsed. Wow. So I climbed back in the tent, and <clears throat> so I know they're flying around. Finally, I hear the helicopter toward the north, and I hear them. Looks like they're going down, and then I don't hear the helicopter. I said, "Oh, they found a place to land." Well, about thirty seconds later, the helicopter comes back up, hmm. and then flies over me and goes up toward the ridge above me. And then I don't hear the helicopter, and I'm sitting there. Oh, my God. They can't find a place. They can't figure out how to get to me, so they may be sending a, a crew on the road to get me. Mm-hmm. Well, I know that would take hours, and I know they can't get the trucks through because mm-hmm. of the landslide. Yep. So I'm sitting there. Oh, I'm sitting there going, oh, my God. What am, am I going to make it? And about 15 minutes later, I hear a rescue worker walking down the road. Hmm. I look out there, and he's walking down the road, and he walks up to me, and he looks at me, and he says, okay, what's going on? And uh, I told him, and even then, I could not fully admit. Hmm. I said, I think I'm having a heart attack. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so he looks at me and asks me a couple of questions, and he gets on the radio. to the. He said, the rescue helicopter is about four, four miles away on top of a ridge. That's the best, closest we can get to you. Mm, yeah. So he calls up to the helicopter, and he says, okay, you need to go back and pick up a medic and get some harnesses. And then you need to get on the horn and try to find the next available or the closest available helicopter with a cable lift. Because the only way we can get them out of here is fly above me, lower a cable, and wow. lift me up to the helicopter. Oh my God. So, oh, uh, so he said, ah, it'd be about 25 minutes for the helicopter to come back with a medic. Oh, shit. And so he's trying to make me comfortable. And what's strange is I know everything that's going around me, and I could hear him fine. But my process of answering the question was getting really bad. Wow. Uh, So you're you're aware of all this. I'm aware of everything. I could hear him talking, but he asked me a question like, what what medication are you allergic to? And I'm sitting there going, and I know it's Bactrim, but I said, it starts with a B, and I'm, you know, I just had yeah. a hard time processing. Oh, did. And so uh, the helicopter comes back with the medic and drops him off, same place. He finally gets to, the, to us, and he has a portable EKG machine. So he gets in the tent, puts the probes on me, and runs, it, runs the tape on it, and then he says, yep, you're having a heart attack. And even then, it was a little shock. Mm-hmm. I, I still, little part of me said, "There's no way this could be happening to me." Mm-hmm. Uh, and he said, "I know you're having trouble with oxygen because your lips are blue." Wow. Oh shit! <laughs> yeah. Oh, dude. So oh, then he gets dude. out. Then he gets out, and he and then he he calls the rescue helicopter. And says, "When's the cable lift helicopter going to get here? Because we got to get him out now." 
and they said it's about 10 minutes 10 minutes away it's they found a chp two-person mm-hmm. helicopter with a cable lift and he's cool. on his way he's going to stop here pick up the harnesses and then fly over to you so yeah about 15 minutes later he was the helicopter's flying above me they put the harnesses on me and the rescue worker and haul us up to the helicopter uh which was a little exciting mm-hmm. uh he said you don't have to hang on to anything i got you well i still hung on to the helicopter <laughs> uh, wow and, that and, was a thrill ride yeah uh he flew us up to the rescue helicopter and dropped us dropped us down. Well, the copter had to go back and pick up the medic because he was still down there. But mm-hmm. they helped me into the rescue helicopter. They gave me a couple of nitroglycerin pills Whoa. and said, "Did that help?" And I go, "Not much." Mm-hmm. And uh, at this point, they're talking to the hospital. Now, at this point, everybody knows they're bringing me in heart attack, mm-hmm. and I don't know what they're saying, how serious it is, because they they put earmuffs on me for the noise. And they flew me to the helicopter. They flew me to the hospital. And uh, took me off on a gurney, wheeled me into the hospital, and wheeled me into a room. And when they wheeled me in a room, there must have been 10 people there waiting for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, some interns, a couple EKG people, some nurses, and whoever else was there. And again, I know everybody that's there. It's, it's clear. But the nurse is asking me questions, and I couldn't even hardly even come up with my name. Mm. But the rescue worker that came in with me, he knew all the answers so he was telling the nurse wow. what yeah. she needed to know and about two minutes later the heart surgeon comes in now this guy had a presence he's probably in his mid-50s he walks in and was and uh, everybody kind of stops talking and he walks over to me and he looks at me for about 10 seconds and then he walks over and looks at the ekg machine and then he tells the nurse well, I hope you got all the information you need. He's going into surgery now. Shave him and get him in that room. Wow. So actually, oh, from the shit. time they landed to the house, they land, the helicopter landed to the time they got me in the operation room was 25 minutes. Wow. Was pretty wow. quick. Wow. Yeah. And of course, it seemed like I was only in the operating room a couple of minutes, but they yeah. sedated me. I woke up in the hospital in, uh, of course, intensive care with the nurse staring at me the whole time and I couldn't move. Oh, so when they when they got in there during the surgery, they, they did the angiogram yeah. through the groin up to the up the artery. Mm-hmm. And he said and ended up two my main arteries were 100% blocked wow. at the heart. Basically, I was working on half a heart all this time for who knows how long. Jeez. And they cleared them out, used the number D, D drill or whatever they used <laughs> and uh, put in the stents. And then they put in a uh, uh, an air and uh, what do you call it? a balloon mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. to help my heart because at this point the good part of my heart wasn't doing too well and mm-hmm. the part that hadn't been working for a long time they had to get going. Mm-hmm. So uh, I woke up and, they, and because of that balloon was in there, they said you can't move your right leg. And as soon as I even even she thought I was even about ready to move it, she'd yell at me. <laughs> and. That was, th- they did the surgery Thursday morning. Thursday, late afternoon, the doctor came in and he walked in and says, well, your, heart, your heart's sounding pretty good. Uh, your, your blood pressure is 107 over 70. And he said, you had some heart fluctuations earlier, so we're gonna have to watch that. Mm. Uh, but I said, well, I can't hardly take a deep breath. And he says, well, I wouldn't doubt it. Hmm. Uh, it should get better by tomorrow. And because my because my lungs really took a beating, I'm wow. still feeling it a little bit. Hmm. Uh, so he gives me that information, and I look at him and I say, 
Uh, so that means once I get out of here, I can finish this trip because my <laughs> dirt bike is sitting in the middle of nowhere. Oh, yeah. Sometimes you tell a doctor like that, sometimes they get mad. Well, he was a pretty cool guy. He knew I was kidding. And he looked at me and says, and I will, I'll remember these words till I die. He looked at me and said, John, you have no idea how close to death you came. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised you even survived the night. And when you came into the hospital, I gave you at the most six hours. Well, said yeah. your heart would have totally uh, gone, or uh, you would, or your lungs would have filled up so much you would have basically drowned wow. in your own fluid. Mm. So he said, "So I wouldn't rush it." Mm-hmm. Uh, so, <laughs> oh man! And then the next day he came in and things looked pretty good. They took me off intensive care, pulled the balloon out. Let's pull the balloon out and see how your heart does on without that. Mm-hmm. And things looked good. And they sent me home on Saturday. Yeah. Telling me, other than going to the bathroom or going to the kitchen to get something to eat, you are not to go anywhere, not move. Uh, basically because of the artery. Mm-hmm. They had to make sure I didn't bust the artery. Right. Mm-hmm. And then I'm not supposed to lift anything for 30 days, which ended today, so now I can lift 100 pounds again. Wow. And uh, so, and here I am. And, and this I, was how long ago? Uh, the heart attack happened four, four weeks ago. Wow. Okay, uh, so your wife this whole time, is she just like crapping bricks, or was she there? Or I mean, she's away. She, I mean, yeah, you're not right. getting the surgery in town where your wife is, right? No, I'm in yeah. Chico. Right, yeah. okay. Yeah. Uh, you know, my wife is pretty cool. She yeah. knows what I do. Yeah. Uh, she knows it's a chance. Uh, I. Uh, she knows better. When I got home, she knows better than to say anything like, you shouldn't be doing this anymore. Yeah, yeah. She knows better than to say anything like that. But yeah. my mother-in-law said that. <laughs> when she said that to me, the hair on the back of my head raised up, and I was going to say, and in my back, in my, in, 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 and I was saying, there's, there's no way anybody's going to tell me where I can go, when I can ride my motorcycles yeah. or anything. Uh, so, but the doctor said he doesn't know if I have any heart damage. Uh, my two main concerns right now is how well I'm going to get my endurance back, mm-hmm. uh, if it will come back, and uh, mentally. Uh, I've done all these myself right now i'm just thinking about going on that same road and my mind saying i wouldn't do that yeah uh so you know i'm hoping i'll recover i'd like to do these kind of trips again but we'll just have to wait and so uh, are you talking to like a nutritionist or like a specialist to help you with your heart condition or whatever i'm seeing a cardiologist on tuesday okay when i left the hospital he said see your general practitioner on two weeks Mm -hmm. and then see your cardiologist in in a month he Mm -hmm. said that way he can he can pair what my heart looked like when I left the hospital and then look at it a month later and compare and see how it's bouncing back. I'm walking four miles a day now. Yeah, well, that's good. Uh, and I'm doing little sprints, which I'm sure they wouldn't suggest me do, but I'm yeah. just, uh, the first time I did that, I was like, <gasps> oh yeah, but, so. now, but now I am, uh, I can do these little sprints and it's, it's not bad. Yeah, I mean, did you get a blood panel and all? Get your cholesterol and all your all your levels. My cholesterol away? is good. My yeah. good cholesterol is good. My bad cholesterol is good. Yeah. Wow, it's one of those things, huh? So I got a couple questions for you, but mm-hmm. first I want to say Bex has joined us. Aloha. There she is. Um, <clears throat> first, I want to say, to what do you attribute your being here today, being alive? Is it 100% having that spot? Well, having the spot. 
saved my life. Mm-hmm. No doubt about it. Yep. Uh, along with that, because I was in such good condition, uh, he said, if you weren't in such good condition, I doubt if you would have survived the night. Mm. Uh, and having my good con- being in such good shape uh, contributed to me surviving that long anyway. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, the spot saved me. It basically, somebody would have finally found me in the tent probably six, seven hours later. Yeah. Dead. Mm. I mean, that's, yeah. it, I was running down fast. I mean, when he told me my lips were blue, I knew. Wow. I mean, I'm running out of oxygen. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Um, and just for people, if anyone is interested in getting one of these, <clears throat> um, I'm finding them like 75 bucks. There's one for 50. They're pretty awesome. Um, and REI has it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like hiker places. What's, what's it's not cool, that much money. What's cool is you could set up an account and that tells uh, the spot tracker to uh, send people emails. Uh, as as a to to check in with certain people's uh, that's the latest generation. I had the early generation, which which just sends the sends the information. There's no communication back and forth. Yeah, when I go to Oregon, I usually carry a spot that uh, my friend lets me borrow, and and I usually have it running in the background. The big expense is is signing up for the unlimited tracking. Uh, It was like two hundred dollars a year, mm-hmm. but I also signed up for the for the helicopter insurance. I said, oh, I, ah, that I was said, another question. Yeah. I said, mm-hmm. you know, if I'm going to do all this, the helicopter insur- insurance is only $17. Yeah. yeah. $17 uh, a month, right? Yeah. A month? Oh, okay. uh, no, a year. What? Wait, In addition, what? wait, okay, so who are you going through? Because to get... It's, it's through Spot that okay. you sign up this oh, insurance. Okay. Got it. Huh. And it's a worldwide... Uh, helicopter service worldwide uh, they said basically wow. they will i think there's only two or three countries that they will that they don't operate in Ooh. in fact i know a lot of rv guys that have got spot and or don't even have spot they just have the insurance well i'd like to point out because i'm paying like 60 dollars a, a year mm-hmm. for my whole family calstar yeah for you well it's actually it's a larger is. network air med network now yeah. Yeah. Yep, yep. Yeah. um for the u.s and now you're saying that it's seventeen dollars. It's worth it. I will save money if I buy a spot, even if I never use it, well, just to get the insurance. Well, but, but there yeah. is there's a subscription fee for the spot too, right? Well, that's what, yeah. It's it's like hundred and eighty dollars a year. Right. And ah, then okay, you, there it is. And then you okay, have, there's the balance. And then yeah, yeah you got to have you got to do the spot, and right. then uh, you sign up for the helicopter insurance. And I also had the motorcycle pickup insurance where mm-hmm. they advertise no matter where your bike's at we'll go pick oh, it up oh, cool. so that was the next question well, what happened oh, with the bike well <laughs> that's another story it's, it's still out there uh, well I called a Friday morning I called what's called ROV recover mm-hmm. our vehicle okay and it's a, just they're just a subcontractor to spot and, and so I called the number and they said oh no you got to call this number and then they transferred me around and at this point I'm thinking you know I've been I did I was construction super uh, construction management for years and I'm already thinking I'm already getting run around this mm-hmm. is not good mm-hmm. you would think they'd have <laughs> one number mm-hmm. well I finally got a hold of somebody and I gave her the uh GPS settings, readings, and she gave me a ticket number and said, okay, someone will get back to you with uh, 
with the additional cost and because it it's 30 the first 30 miles is free and then after that they oh. you charge per mile mm. <laughs> well i was my bike was only 40 miles away from chico so mm. i wanted to go to the dealership in chico and so i said and then then we'll get back to you and let you know when we're going to pick it up i said okay well, about a half an hour later i got a call from i see pretty nice sounding little gal uh and she asked she wanted to verify the uh uh, GPS settings, and she says, "Okay, thank you," and hung up. She sounded pretty hot. Mm. I bet- <laughs> You're a married man. The uh, that's all right. Well, Keyword all right. man. Obvious, obviously, my blood circulation was doing better. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That's all Heart's right. working. That's then- all right. And we're gonna stop there. Everything's still working. So I never heard from him the rest of the day on Friday and into Saturday. And so I'm thinking, what the heck's going on? So my nephew and her husband came to see me. They're from Grass Valley. Mm-hmm. And they brought their four-wheel drive vehicle. And they said, well, I haven't heard from them. They said, well, we'll go get it. <laughs> I said, well, it's going to be an adventure because mm-hmm. you, you, you can only get within two, two and a half miles of my bike. Then you're going to have to push it <laughs> and over the over the mudslide into your truck and said well we're looking for an adventure today all I right said, okay nice. so they drove down the road finally got to the mudslide they climbed over the mudslide what wow. just so happens there was a woman there with a four-wheel drive truck mm. and they asked her uh they had come from they'd come from north down to it and and so I asked her, they said, Yeah, we saw that bike in the middle of the creek. Oh. We hunted around for a half an hour looking for some for the guy. Yeah. So I said, Yeah, so well there's like a, several of us down by the lake. We were camping down there, so I'll I'll take you down there and of course met the other guys and they all went over to where my bike was. And when they ran across my bike, they had actually taken it out of the water, pushed it out of the water, oh. took all my stuff and piled it up. I mean I still had my my GoPro camera, my GPS, all my coats, my riding clothes, mm-hmm. you know, everything. And uh, they had piled it all up next to my bike. That's so they, awesome. So, they, so one of the guys had a, had a truck with kind of like a flatbed on the back. So they helped him load my bike on the back and laid it down. And they drove him all the way back to the uh, mudslide and then helped him get it over the mudslide and got it in, his, got it in Mike's car or truck. And they didn't want a penny for it. They were just happy I was still alive. Wow. Basically. Yeah. wow. And they said, we don't want, we're just happy. We're all wow. off-roaders, and we just yeah. want to help each other. Yeah, they cool. got closure out of that. Yeah, yeah that's what I was huh? thinking, too. Yeah. yeah. And so it only took them nine hours uh, from the time they got to the dirt road to the time they got out of the dirt road. It only mm. took them nine hours to go down and get my that's bike. An I mean, that's an adventure. That's how gnarly the road was. Hopefully Shit. they're as fit as you are. Yeah. Uh, so I finally, so then Monday morning, I called ROV. And, I, and of course, I called that number and said, oh no, you got to call this different number to cancel. <laughs> Shit. Oh, so I called another number and they transferred me around. Well, hardly anybody spoke English. Yeah, so, uh, so the first, he says, oh yeah. He says, what's going on? Why did, what? You never told me anything. So she said, okay, let me look it up. About five minutes later, she gets back and says, yeah, we couldn't find anybody to pick it up, so we canceled the order. Oh, wow. I said, you never called me, and your advertisement says no matter where it's at, they'll go get it. Hmm. Uh, You need to change your advertisement and say, we don't do shit. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) 
and uh, I was, you know, I was trying to keep my heart at an <laughs> even <Yeah>. level. <laughs> uh, so I said, I want to talk to your supervisor. And so she transferred me to somebody else that couldn't hardly speak English. Yeah. And for all I know, it was just the person across the way from her. And she didn't help me either much. And I, and I started... I want to talk to your supervisor. And so yeah. she transferred me to somebody else that actually she was a little more sympathetic. Like, I want to, my, my renewal is next month. I want to make sure I, I'm not, I want to make sure my subscription, you guys are canceled. Yeah. And she said, okay, well, let me transfer you to somebody. And I said, I don't want to get transferred to anybody. Just take care of it. She says, oh, no, I can't. I said, she finally talked me into waiting. Well, she transferred me, and a genuine English-speaking person answered the phone. Well, come to find out, they had transferred me directly to Spot. Um, and uh-huh. uh, I, I told her the story and says, oh, my God, that should never have happened. I don't believe this happened. She says... Uh, Better believe it. <laughs> she said... Uh, I'll make sure you don't get insured by by them anymore. And he says, not only that, I'll give you a discount for next year's subscription. Cool. So, so, I mean, Spot handled it perfectly, 100%. I mean, they rescued me, and they I think they, they satisfied me with, with uh, what happened. Well, Dude, good. you're alive. Yeah, yeah, I'm alive. And you're getting a discount. <laughs> and I'm getting a discount. Yeah. <laughs> well, let, me, let me tell you, I can, uh, I can, and with the helicopter insurance, um, I can renew spot for another 200 years, and I'd still be ahead. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, well, so how much is a helicopter flight? Like 20 oh, grand or something they, like that? They had two helicopters. I'll bet you it's getting around 50000 uh, Probably, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I didn't get the bill for that. Huh? You didn't see the uh, insurance cap well, for it. I'm not sure how it works, but if I get the bill, then I'll just send it off to spot. And yeah. It's a yeah. $100,000 insurance. You can use it twice oh, cool. a year. Mm-hmm. And they wow. up to $100,000, they'll pay all helicopter expenses. That's awesome. Wow. Internationally, too. So in order to bump up what both Liza Mm -hmm. and I have um, for for over 500 miles is uh, 163 a year. Mm -hmm. So you're still actually saving money through spot from what the numbers that I just ran through my head. So Mm -hmm. thank you very much. Cool. And they saved your life. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Well, that is a heck of a story. Yeah. Yeah. And have yep. you contacted Spot? Because I went on their site, and they actually have where they ask for testimonials and people's experiences. Yes, I, yes, I did. <clears throat> I, I called them, and I said, I want to report that you guys saved my life. And the mm-hmm. guy said, oh, wow, you know, that's great. <laughs> well, we never hear that. Yeah, we do every day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't leave a testimonial, we but gotta, I called them directly. We got another and, one, Marge. Yeah. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't send them a testimonial. I called them, and I just wanted to say directly. I yeah. talked to somebody and said, "You guys saved my life," and I just want to let you know. Put another, put another one up on the on your list that you saved another one. That's awesome. That is an amazing story, and I know you have another story in there because there's a Harley that you restored. I want to hear about, but first. No, we haven't here, done this in a while. Here we go. Here it goes. I want to do. Hey, it's Craigslist porn pick. It's a dueling porn pick. Your horns don't work. You know, it's been a while since we've done this. And I've been Quite a long time. Yeah. thinking about like project bikes. I know I got a project bike out there, but still. Yeah, you just got, one. Like, but still, you got the least two project bikes, man. I have hey. the most project bikes of anybody uh. here. So <laughs> people. I went and found two project bikes that were 
500 or under and i might have to buy one and i might be calling them on air tonight oh wow exciting oh my gosh can we see can we see well hold on so the first one i don't want to get i value everyone's opinion but knox the most (laughs) (laughs) this one is a 1989 yamaha xt350 street legal dirt bike project for $500. What's wrong with it? Needs top-end rebuild. Uh, mm-hmm. Street legal bike. Two-stroke? Two no e-start. No. E uh, no, 13,000 miles on it. It looks pretty clean. Uh, top-end rebuild's bucks? not that hard. Is that, is that a two-stroke no, or four-stroke? No, it's stroke? not. Four-stroke. Yeah. What's going, if we do know if it is, in fact, the top-end, I mean, they'll just And what else happened when it blew up? I and mean, you could go on eBay and see if you could buy an entire new head, and that might work. Uh, That's five hundred bucks for a plated dirt bike. Yeah, could Is be there fun. E start though. On an eighty nine, it would be. Yeah, no, That's I, what I'm saying. Phil had one of these. He'd bring haul out to uh, vintage days. Yeah. that mocked me because it would not start for me. He didn't know how to kick it, bro. That's not true. I know how to kick a bike. <laughs> Don't know how to kick it. I know how to kick a bike. <laughs> it's one of those where if you do your own work, it probably Here, makes sense. Get, yeah. But you're not going to pay somebody else to do it. Absolutely not. Yeah, Georgia, no, let's I get mean, your opinion. 400 bucks? That's uh, 500 bucks. That's a good project. It says title clean, so I'm assuming it doesn't have like back reg or anything. He just said he doesn't have time or money to do it. So this is somebody who doesn't know how to do it. But yeah. it's pretty clean, 1989 dirt bike. Yeah, it does look, it does look pretty rebuild. good. Yeah. So, um, where is it located? Uh, what does that mean, really? Uh, is it Bay Area? Flat okay. cams, bent valves. Conquered. I know, right? Mm. So maybe you can, I mean, if you don't decide to take on the project yourself, you can bring them here. Yeah, that's... I mean, it does look pretty clean, that's for sure. Put right? another bike on the road. Yeah. He doesn't know how. All right, but this is a dueling porn pick. Mm. So this next one... I'll the, say this, Liza. Yeah. If you do get that dirt rig, I'll go have these on it with you. Oh! And, 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 it, is, it is street legal, which is cool. It is street legal. It just They're fun. They're fun. Uh, I mean, and my uh, DR350 is a 92. It's not that far off. Yeah. Um, this one is a 1982... Mm-hmm. For the whopping price of four hundred dollars, mm-hmm. and it is right here in Santa Cruz, <laughs> and it is a nineteen eighty two Honda MB five. Yeah, oh damn, yeah, that, that model right there, the MB five. Oh, that's so cute. I know what Liza's really? gonna buy. Tonight. <laughs> yeah. one of her up the butt. This is bikes, the one actually. she wants to call tonight. Yep. Oh so, my goodness! I might be That's making adorable. This so, you got um, no fairings though. Dude says uh, I have an extra eighty-two Honda MB5. I ha- I haven't done anything with. Has really good bones. If you're looking to build something cool, um, it, uh, good bones means everything else is shit, but the frame. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, oh, it's because it's a moped with shifter, with a shifter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's got a bunch of other mopeds. Um, it has compression and he says, has compression and so will you. Huh? Mm. Uh, 80% complete. And just like your fragile psyche, it needs to be broken down and built back up. <laughs> this will be an interesting person to talk with regardless. No, no Mold it no into doubt. the road warrior it deserves to be. Uh, let's see. 
It says, bill of sale only, but there's simple ways around getting a new title and plate. I've done it. It's really not that hard. 40 bucks on a call to the Vermont DMV. Oh, it's getting more complicated wow. now. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, bill of sale, you d- that's fine. That means he does. He lost the plate? That doesn't make sense. Uh, it says title, title, stat, fuck. title status missing. <clears throat> yeah. And so he d- Yeah, but on an old vehicle, you just need a bill of sale. You don't need a title. Yeah. As long as it's not stolen. Yeah. Um, So, (laughs) VIN number included? (laughs) He says, this is literally the most legit, and you know I'm on the level because I use correct punctuation. (laughs) (laughs) Mic drop. He actually, interesting. Mic drop. (laughs) In the end. (laughs) So take a look at that. This is a very interesting person. That would be fun. I think you should call him, Liza. (laughs) Oh, oh, you think I should call him? I really, really do. Speaker phone and all. There we go. What do you think? Uh, I mean, this this bike looks like it's been sitting outside for a while. Hold on a second. What would you say to this person? rust in the tank. (laughs) What kind of info would you want to talk about? His punctuation. (laughs) (laughs) Is it stolen? Yeah, first question. Wait, does that mean he doesn't, it's not in his name? Probably not. But, uh, but he's going to write a bill of well, sale. it says title status missing, so that kind of implies that he had one at one point. Mm, Who knows? Maybe. Yeah. Uh, no, it means he bought it from someone and never got it in his name. Exactly. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. More than likely, though. I almost, for $400, I'd buy that and hang it on the wall. Oh, yeah. it is so cute. Yep. Right? <laughs> yeah. It'd be a shame to not JJ, are you run. familiar with these MB5s? No. Although for $400, I get so it. One year, I'm not, I'm one not year only. Yeah. I'm one year only <laughs> moped that I lusted after <laughs> in 1982. Now, does it actually have pedals? I'm trying to live yes. the glory days here. It does. It's mm. so cute. Yeah, and we, yeah, really I got a model is. one. Oh. Wow. <clears throat> actually, no, it doesn't have pedals. It just has foot pegs, doesn't it? Yeah, just foot pegs. No, no, yeah, these are foot pegs. So then it'll be hard. Sorry, it doesn't get a rise out of me at all. What? <laughs> <laughs> it might be but, tough, to be but, tough to register that as a moped then. But because it's a 50, it qualifies as a moped. So. Well, no, it doesn't. Doesn't because because number one it has it does not have pedals and number two it has a manual transmission not an automatic. You know what? You can attach mm. pedals to it. And Fuck it. You can attach pedals and you can tell them it's an automatic. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but uh, wait a minute, I gotta call him. Should I call him? Should yes. I do it? Oh boy, I should here do we it. Go. Um, all right, do you bagel. Have his number? I I do. That's I don't. Not, no, it's no, not. It's you, not. Have to, you, you gotta, you gotta call. Oh. Just shoot shoot the Dude. QR code on the page. What? I can do that? Yeah, just scan the QR code and it'll With pop up. With what? With your phone. With the camera? Yeah. You should get a QR code it. reader, bro. Just put your, put your camera on. Oh, boy. Here we no. go. All right. We're going to teach Liza technology. Do I take a picture? Uh, it should it should prompt you. There's nothing happening. Okay. She needs an actual reader, though. Okay. I've now taken a picture of your QR code. This oh, isn't working. doesn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let me do it. God, I feel like my mom. Uh, what, is the, what is the button keep blinking on the VCR for? <laughs> Just put a piece of tape over it, Grandma. <laughs> Stop. I don't want to be that person. <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right. Well, we're going to look into it. I'm kind of excited about okay. this. Okay. Yeah, it looks like there's only an email, not a phone for the... Okay. So you're going to email them. All right. That would have been, right. been interesting. Yeah. Um... I'm glad we can't call him though. Just <laughs> 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 with it right now. I got. I got to check this out, dude. Yeah, yeah, you do. You need to. Yeah, you do. Check it I, out. You should totally check it out. One hundred percent. 
believe that you should check it out. Absolutely. Remember when I saw that model at the one show and he wanted yeah. like a grand for the model? I could buy the whole thing for less. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I trade you that model for this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. Liza stopped mid stairwell and was like, oh, I must have that. <laughs> <laughs> it's been on my list. Yeah. It, the MB5. And it's right here in town. For $400. Right. Well, you better holler I mean, at you know what? before it gets I picked mean, up. I don't need no license plate. I'll ride that shit dirty. Yeah, ride it dirty. I would. <laughs> and Kenny comes by. He's what are you, like, you going to do? Where are you going to go with that thing? I know. Just, I'm not going you know, far. In town. Just, yeah. I'm going to take it to Mike's track. There you go. Hey, there you go. Oh, yeah. award-winning Mike has built a flat track. Yes. It is a gorilla flat yeah, track. It's a gorilla flat track. <laughs> and so it turns out behind the apartment building that he lives in, there was some unused land that is just overgrown ivy and trees and stuff. And he cleared it and built a track <laughs> with Freya. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I did order another mini bike. Nice. Uh, can you put that in the garage so some random yes, ding dong yes, can fucking ride off with it, please? Yes. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but I'd like to go back to JJ. Yeah. You said. I'm still alive. I'm still here. You're still here. Still <laughs> checking. <laughs> Somebody checks the pulse. Um, you restored a Harley Davidson. Mm-hmm. And I want to hear a little bit about this process. What bike is it? I'm going to go back, and my brother and I, my brother was 13 years older than I was, but we were totally in sync with each other. We both rode bikes. We spent many years riding around and working on our own bikes and traveled all over the country, Alaska a couple of times, you know, Canada. Well, part of the problem, when one day I said, I want to buy an old bike and restore it. So I found this 47 Harley knucklehead. Nice. That was not original at all. Had a glide front end and blah, blah. And it didn't run that well. So uh, I picked it up. Well, about two months later, my brother got a 42 <coughs> Harley. Mm. And we restored them together, worked on stuff. We went to swap meets. We got the bikes running. We went to swap meets, uh, going, picking up parts, uh, going to shows. Uh, and... Uh, and we rode them everywhere. We didn't truck them ever. We we between the two of us, we rode we rode together for over eight thousand miles on those bikes. Nice, all over the up and down the state. That's awesome. I'm going to just reiterate that you did not truck your Harley. Yes, no. It, That's the way to do it. It, no, it. We rode it everywhere. If we couldn't ride it there, we weren't going to take it. Sweet. That's right on, man. <laughs> uh, so and they never broke down. Awesome. Uh, so the only. The only thing I kind of regret on a side note is I tried to talk my brother into taking a long trip with him to see which bike was going to break down first. Uh, but <laughs> unfortunately, he died before that happened. Oh. I'm sorry. So, uh, but sorry. anyway, we uh, when he died, uh, I had the 47, but I didn't want to ride it anymore. Mm. And I had fully restored it. I saw Liza. I showed Liza a picture of it. Really, mm-hmm. and I had it for about two more years, and I finally said, "You know, I never ride it; it's deteriorating." So <clears> I ended up putting it in the paper. I said, "If I can get this amount of money, I'll sell it. Other than that, I'm going to keep it." 
So the first pace, the first person came down, and it was a young guy, and he said, "Oh yeah, forty-seven knucklehead. I can do this. I can do that. I can I can put the Springer front. I can extend the Springer front end." I said, "No, I'm I'm not going to sell it to you. I'm going to sell it to somebody that wants to keep it stock. I'm not going to let you screw it up." And I got on the bike and drove off. Uh, a couple of days later, a guy called me and wanted to look at it. Well, it ended up being the vice president of the Sutter Antique Club. He came down and looked at it, Aww. and he said, well, yeah, I want to buy it. What's the low price for it? And I said, this is the price. If you offer me one penny less, I'm not going to sell it to you. So he gave, he said, okay, I'll buy it for that price. And then I said, oh, damn. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and this and, is Sutter County, correct? Yeah, Sutter yeah. County Antique mm-hmm. Club. They do the big yep. antique show in Dixon every year. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I, I go to it. And last year I was, a, a, uh, I was selling a lot of parts. Uh, so I was one of the vendors. Uh, so he took it. Well, my brother's 42. His wife did not want to get rid of it. And it sat in the basement for 22 years mm. and she died and the kids dug it out it was covered over with uh, Christmas decorations and all kinds of stuff hadn't moved in 22 years mm-hmm. and they called me and said well we want to keep it in the family and you know you'll restore it the way he really wanted my brother my brother didn't restore things 100% he always liked to restore them I call them original modified you know? yeah. uh, mm. it looked pretty original but he did things to so like make a, it look like different. a five footer yeah yeah and well, it looks good from five feet. You oh can't yeah, tell. no. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's good. It, it was a good looking bike. You know, he put in. Oh, uh, you know, he uh, did different pipes, different pipes, and right. high handlebars. Oh, I get it. So he's making it functional, good looking. Right. But right. Right. not yes. But not. 100%. But it would drive Miss Emma nuts. Oh, you know, I love. I love my. <laughs> I loved my brother, but he wasn't. Uh, Follow through. As good right. as I was in doing things. so He wasn't yeah. OCD like you. That's right. Okay. <laughs> yeah. uh, anyway, they called and said, we'll give it to you and all the parts, and we know you will restore it the way he liked it, which is what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I'm putting it back original, modified. Uh, and one of the things they found was they found uh, my mom's old mink stole well it's I, you see it back in the 50s they're like four different minks full mm-hmm. and with the, with the legs and everything on them and they're all oh, wow. clipped together oh yeah well <laughs> so creepy i know <laughs> what's funny is women think it's absolutely creepy guys yeah. think it's really cool oh no i think it's cool i'll play with the feet <laughs> yeah. but it's creepy that women like to wear it <laughs> so i so i have that around the seat Attaching the seat, hmm. and then the gear shift knob. Uh, my dad or my grandfather built a house, <clears throat> and when they tore it down uh, in Minnesota, my dad went up there and got several things. And one of the things he got was the glass door knob mm-hmm. in brass fitting. Mm-hmm. And so I got it. And now I'm using that as a shifter. So Dope. I got something. My brother, my dad, my grandfather, my mom. So oh, it's all awesome. going to be on. <clears throat> so it's awesome. all going to be there. And once I get it running. Uh, and they're all going to be riding with me. Sweet. I look forward to hearing it. And as somebody who's done a restoration job like this, uh, you no doubt have had to collect and maybe even fabricate some of your own tools. And we like to ask people who are, you know, achieved mechanics, what is your favorite tool? Vice grips. No. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> what is my favorite tool? Even one mm-hmm. that you had to make. I've only, I got a whole garage full of tools. Come right? on, you have to have like a favorite tool. 
actually, you know, the most recent thing that I've learned how to do is a welder. Mm. Mm. And I like welding. I don't get to do it much, but when something comes up where I weld, it really excites me. Oh, yeah. I get to weld something. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> if, if I had to do my life all over again, I think I'd probably become a, a welder. I mean, it's just really cool. Uh, welding is pretty fun. Welding is fun. Yeah. Uh, so... I guess it has to be the welder. It makes me the most excited when something breaks and I got to weld it. Nice. <laughs> and have you already been lining up your next project? Uh, well, my 42 is going to take me probably another six months or a year. Uh, I've got to make a lot of parts to make things work. My brother had, I, uh, it didn't have any carburetor on it. My, my brother was in the process of doing something yep. with it. It was missing a lot of parts. Uh, I got as much as I could. I finally got an original carburetor and redid the whole carburetor, so it looks like it's brand new. Mm. And I got that on there now. I, I can't. I couldn't find the uh, the solid fuel line, so I ended up making those. Mm. Uh, and a lot of stuff you have to make. Uh, some of the brackets you just can't find anymore. Right. Yeah. That holds cables and that. So you just, I get, I, I start working on things, and it may take me. Two or three hours to make a little bracket, but you know I'm in no rush. Uh, and sometimes I get I run into something that I have to make, and I said, "Oh, damn!" And I end up spending eight hours taking things apart so I can put things back together to, yeah. because I had to make the part and it wasn't in there. So uh, it's it's a long-term project, but I'm really looking forward to getting it done. Uh, my next big problem is uh, starting the engine and seeing how it's going to run. It's got good compression. Uh, I put marble mystery in the cylinders and move it once in a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, make sure the, the, the uh, rings didn't stick. Actually, when I got it back, first thing I did was put marble mystery on it and let it soak for two weeks. And uh, I've got a, a contact that does restorations uh, on bikes that I've got a contact, and so he's you helping said me out. Restorations. Rest, rest, restoration. <laughs> Restorations. That's a real talent. Yeah. Okay, so j- just for my clarification, um, you're talking about moving manually, making sure that the rings don't stick. Yeah, the, before you put it together piston, and actually the, start it the, up. Well, the the piston has been sitting in the same position for 22 years. Right. So when you put Marvel Mystery in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it helps soak into the rings, and then you let it soak for a couple of weeks, mm-hmm. and then you hit the and then you do the Kickstarter and just move the piston to a different location. Right. Mm-hmm. right. And every few months you get in there and and do that. And you know, um, Marvel Mystery Oil is a product that a lot of people use. No one really knows what it does, but it does many things. Mm-hmm. And you know, a lot of people don't realize you can also put it on snow cones. Tastes like strawberries. I uh, suggest yeah, not doing that one. Let's no. go with that. <laughs> I'd say it smells like strawberry. It does smell good. I don't know if I want to taste that strawberry. Kind of reminds me of an old Saturday Night Live skit. My, the guy I've been talking to is he's an antique restorer too, and he he told me, I said, you know, with the taste gas is really bad. What he said, well, take like a couple teaspoons of Marvel Mystery oil, mm-hmm. oil when you buy gas, and that will provide enough lubrication to keep things going. You know, this is the cod liver oil that mm-hmm. uh, people used to be fed. <laughs> yeah, it's the right. same concept. <laughs> Completely. Kids should be eating cod liver oil. It'll keep them lubricated. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> Make them harder to catch. Never had any. <laughs> I tried some once. It's horrible. It's pretty bad. You know, it was really horrible. Uh, somebody gave it to me, and I didn't know you're supposed to keep it refrigerated, and I stuck it in my medicine cabinet. Oh. And then I tried it like a week or two later. <sighs> and I knew it would taste bad, but I wasn't expecting it to be <laughs> that bad. <laughs> and it made me really sick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Going, going back to working on a very old bike and fabricating things that you find out are are missing or perhaps rusted out and just not stable enough to be a rider. Um, and this is a heart project. You know, this is... Wait, is lo- that a pun? <laughs> oh, you, yeah, didn't, you weren't here, here for, for his story. Nah. Oh, <laughs> I was yeah. in the hallway. He had a heart attack. I was Four weeks ago. I was in the hallway. Okay. 100, 100 days. Okay, so that was a pun. I, I just it. didn't want Got to interrupt. Um, and... It's kind of like a a full circle where you're rebuilding this bike. It has uh, such significance and you're piecing together so many parts of your life and others into a machine. And when that starts up, I'm curious. And your heart is ready for it. I'm really curious. Can your heart take it? Where? Yeah, right? Where are you going to take your heart? Oh, my God. Where are you going to ride? Uh is it just, possible just your to, heart just, will overflow with yeah. joy and kill you? Yeah. Don't do that, oh, stop. please. Probably, <laughs> probably just around town and go to different shows awesome. locally. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to take it very far. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I I have nobody to ride an antique bike with. If, it, if my brother was still around, you know, we used to go 400 miles to go to a show. Yeah. yeah. On those bikes. Let me let me ask you this: uh, When you're doing these restoration projects, is it more about the finished product or is it about about the journey to that you know I have always worked on my own bikes nobody mm-hmm. touches my bikes all the bikes I've had and I almost enjoy as much working on motorcycles mm-hmm. as I do riding them and, Hallelujah. and you know when I when I bought the Africa twin it was in the garage a week and I had half of it apart in my garage because <laughs> uh, I said oh, I'm gonna need how to do this someday mm-hmm. So uh, I just I just enjoy doing that. Uh, the big, the big, the hardest thing now, of course, thirty years ago was a lot easier to find parts for them. Mm. Today it's very tough, uh, and so like I said, I got to make a lot more parts. The big problem is actually finding out what the part looks like. Hmm. And some of these little parts is mm-hmm. just really tough to find out. I get on the forums and can you get a picture of it and send it to me and yeah. what that bracket looked like because there's no pictures you can find any of my books and so it just it takes time yeah and sure when i restored the 47 i you know it took me eight years to get all the parts yeah. for it and then one day i got all the parts and i spent a winter and i tore it down to the frame rebuilt the motor did everything poured it put it all back together the way you see it sweet that's awesome and i wanted to take a moment too and just to thank you for coming down here to tell your story Mm -hmm. you're not that close i mean you're a few hours away so i appreciate that and i'm just gonna say when you get that bike done if you want to take it for (laughs) test run down here Mm-hmm. I'd love we to do it. Love, awesome to have you down, see the bike, and hear hear more of the stories. Because 
we don't have enough time tonight, but we'd love to really get more into the detail of the whole process. And we know that as you do a restoration, you, there's obstacles and there's learning and there's tricks and love to pass those stories on to yeah, our like, listeners. Like part of the problem is it, they had left a battery in the bike for 22 years. Well, oh. It started, e- started eating holes in part mm-hmm. of the frame. Yeah. So now yeah. I got to get in there uh, and and clean the holes and patch the holes and make sure there's no rust in there. Fire up that welder. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, exactly. And, and, yeah, my, you know, but my big problem or my big next big step is to make sure the engine runs. Mm-hmm. If I can't get the engine running or there's something wrong, then that means I got to pull the engine out and rebuild it. Mm-hmm. Oh, pity. Yeah. Mm. I have a feeling you wouldn't yeah. mind that too. Yeah. And of course the transmission, even though I'm sure the transmission's fine, but I'm sure the main seal right. is mm. leaking, which means I got to take the whole clutch apart and, mm-hmm. and all this stuff. But once I, the problem is once I get working on something, I don't stop till it's done. Yeah. Right. When I work on a problem, when I well, work on a section. I, I think it's, it's an amazing story. I wanted to thank you for sharing it. And it actually segues nicely into another story that we had sent to us. Fortunately, he's not able to be here to share it, but Bagel is going to read it. Now, yeah. I'm going to let you know, this is a long email. We usually don't <laughs> read the long emails, but this one is so well written, and this is a story. Yeah. Epic journey. <clears throat> yeah, this this has to do with a, uh, a bike swap. So this is from uh, Eric Sibbett, and Eric writes, Here is a good story from a buddy in Victoria. Not me, but a buddy, Doug. (laughs) Long-winded, but hilarious nonetheless. He says, Hi, I thought you might enjoy hearing about my most recent moto adventure earlier this week. As you know, my name is Doug, and I'm a bikeaholic. (laughs) Hi, Doug. Hi, Doug. Hi, Doug. (laughs) Uh, About a year ago, I purchased a mid-60s Ducati 250 race bike in very rough condition. Top end of the engine disassembled, no gas tank, lots of patina. Ha ha. What? Uh, Rust. I, I was going to make it pretty and install it on a beam in my high ceiling living room. Mm-hmm. But it was really needing a lot of work and cash to get it to that point. Hmm. Last week, I came across a 96 Ducati Super Sport 900 on Vancouver Craigslist. Ooh, in nice. good running condition, Ooh. being sold as a race bike with clean U.S. title for a low price. Which one would I rather have? Easy decision. (laughs) Uh, One thing led to another, and we negotiated a trade. As part of our deal, I said I would bring the old 250 across to North Vancouver, Horseshoe Bay Ferry Terminal, where the seller of the other bike agreed to meet me so we could exchange machines. So I loaded the 250 onto my, into my trailer with its engine bits in a plastic tote strapped to the back of the bike, and I drove up to Nanaimo Tuesday afternoon, this SUV pulling the trailer. First thing Wednesday, I pulled up to the ticket booth at the Nanaimo Departure Bay Ferry Terminal. I explained I had a small vintage motorcycle in my trailer that I wanted to push onto the ferry and push off the other side as it is not running. Taking the SUV and trailer across and back on the ferry would cost more than $350, which is why I wanted to push the bike on and off. Uh, The answer was no. Um, why not? Apparently, BC Ferries has a rule. Any vehicle with an engine must be able to drive on and off the ferry under its own power. Interesting. (laughs) I persisted. I escalated. I cajoled. Then I finally begged. And after (laughs) unloading the bike and allowing a BC BC Ferries person to try pushing it themselves, they finally capitulated and allowed me to push it on and off by myself (laughs) and leave the SUV and trailer in the parking lot in Denimo. Phew! Obstacle one, thwarted. 
even with its flat tire, uh, front inner, flat front tire, inner tube missing, I was able to push the bike on, onto the ferry and across to the other end with minimal fuss. I even found something to lean against on the ferry, no side stand. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the plan was oh, the plan was arrive at the Horseshoe Bay Ferry Terminal. The seller meets me as close to the ship as possible. We complete our deal. I ride the 900 back onto the ferry and then into my trailer in Nanaimo. Well, at the other side, BC Ferries was less cooperative, yeah. and they would not allow the seller through Ugh. the gates so he could meet me near the ship for an exchange. <laughs> I really did not want to have to push the 250 any farther than necessary, so I had to slog it and push it, flat tire and all, all the way to the foot passenger parking lot. This is an important detail because it means leaving the secure vehicle area of the terminal and entering the village of Horseshoe Bay, technically. So I met the other fellow, and we ended up completing the deal. He mentioned to me an occasional issue with the left-hand carb float valve sticking and overflowing, otherwise good to go. So we loaded my old bike into his truck, and he left. Now I'm in the parking lot with my helmet, a 900cc race bike, license plate with expired decal from one of my other bikes zip-strapped <laughs> zip in place, and nothing else. Oh, goodness. No mirrors, headlight, signals, etc. <laughs> At least this one has a side stand. <laughs> I wow. Fire, I, Silver lining. Yeah. <laughs> I fire it up. Whoa, this thing is loud. Like straight pipe Harley loud, but a much nicer sound. <laughs> So I just need to make a U-turn to get on, get to the ticket booths to get back onto the ferry, right? I mean, with no insurance or registration on a U.S. titled bike, I don't want to take it on public roads. Right. <laughs> Believe it or not, the only way to turn around is to go about seven kilometers down the highway, take exit number four with an overpass, and return back up the highway to the terminal. Hmm, well, okay. <laughs> so I pull onto the highway and ride to exit number four, keeping a keen eye open for cops. <laughs> no problem. Take exit four, cross the bridge, and the on-ramp on the other side is closed for construction oh jeez! Oh, uh, i am directed onto terrible a, <laughs> directed onto another road for a detour and get hopelessly lost uh -huh. i have no idea where i am riding through residential areas and school zones on this burbling backfiring <laughs> outrageous outrageously loud race bike praying nobody notices the complete lack of street equipment <laughs> shoulder checks every few minutes but no cops i was not expecting this i don't even have a clue how much gas is in this bike <laughs> Eventually, about 25 minutes later, the road I'm on brings me to the village of Horseshoe Bay, right back where I started. Beside the freaking ferry terminal, unable to get to the ticket booths and terminal entrance. I wonder what his blood pressure was. Right? So after, after some further investigation, I discover, one, my bike has almost zero gas left in it. Oh, goodness. Two, there is no gas station in the village. And three, I will have to ride up the highway further to exit number seven to find the closest gas station and the alternate U-turn route option to get back to the ferry terminal. Wow, this yeah. could turn into my worst nightmare. Stuck on the side of the road, high, side of the highway, out of gas, on an uninsured race bike that is not street legal, mm. not registered in my name, or even in Canada. Mm. <laughs> but he's not naked. He's not, not yet. <laughs> um, so he says, damn the torpedoes. I go for it and make it to exit number seven to the gas station. Phew. Nice. I fill up the bike, and then as I go to roll away from the pump, somebody nearby says, uh, excuse me, sir, 
I think your fuel line came off. Oh, Jesus. I looked down, and sure enough, there is a large spreading pool of gas forming, uh, fed by a steady stream coming out of an overflow hose on the bike. Not dripping, pouring. <laughs> I push it off to the side and desperately try to figure a way to stop the flow. No visible petcock. Can't reach to the carbon question, no tools. <laughs> Making another large puddle. It will not stop, even with the bike turned off. Finally, I decide to get on and ride it back to the termo- terminal before the tank drains completely. Mm-hmm. Maybe a quick blast on the highway might cause the float valve to unstick. In any case, <clears throat> I would rather be safely off the public road at the terminal trying to deal with than here than here at the gas station. Fortunately, the hose is draining uh, the hose is draining the gas close to the right-hand foot peg off to the side, not going into, onto the rear tire. So, I pull back onto the highway, headed towards the ferry terminal. This time, I really give her, <laughs> in hopes the vibration... The beams! Exactly. In hopes, Darling. In hopes the vibration might make the float valve sort itself out. <sighs> nope. <laughs> As I ride, I keep looking down, and I can see the hose still pouring gas onto the road. Oh, boy. This proves to be too much of a distraction, and I miss the exit to the ferry oh! terminal. <laughs> You gotta be kidding me. Nope. <laughs> so Jesus. I so now I am headed towards Whistler in the Sea to Sky Highway. That is a beautiful highway, by the way. <laughs> speeding oh. speeding on a glorious, loud, non-street legal, uninsured, unregistered Ducati race bike painted poke in the eye and arrest me Italian red. <laughs> Plastered with sponsorship decals and Valentino Valentino Rossi's racing number 45. 45? Yeah. 46. 46. Okay. Uh, more signs indicate another U-turn route about seven kilometers north of the ferry terminal. Great. I think I can make that U-turn and then off into the terminal when I get get when I approach it southbound. Nope. You cannot access the terminal going southbound. What? <laughs> you have to continue another 10 kilometers to exit 7, yes, the gas station, do a U-turn, and head north again to enter the terminal. Wow. Seriously. Who the fuck designed this? Hey. Wow. I go past the gas station again, north on the highway again, gas pouring out continuously, watching for the ferry terminal exit very closely this time, and this time I exit as required. I have now ridden this Ducati race bike about 60 kilometers on public roads. <laughs> nice. <laughs> but my troubles are not over. Oh, yeah, boy. It, Here we go. it is a fair assumption that BC ferries will only allow insured vehicles onto the ferries for liability reasons. Yeah. While they do not normally check this, there is a risk that an obviously non-street legal motorcycle might raise questions. When leaking fuel. <laughs> Let's just not go there, okay? <laughs> Furthermore, there is no way they will even let me pass the ticket booth if they notice gas pouring out of the bike. So it all comes down to how observant will the ticket agent be? I pull up close to the booth, far enough forward to hide the lack of headlight. I hope she won't smell the gas leaking. <laughs> no problem. I'm th- I'm through with time to spare. Yeah. So now I need to park the bike at the front of the line and stop the gas leak ASAP. Uh, bike making yet another large puddle. I open up the gas cap to make sure the tank isn't pressurized. About one third of the gas has leaked out. <laughs> I try pinching various lines, but the only one that makes it stop is the overhose flow, overflow hose itself. This is not great. Pinching this hose only stops the gas pouring onto the ground, not coming out of the tank meaning it will probably just leak somewhere else, possibly into the engine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I have no choice, as there's no way I will be allowed onto the ferry if, the, if there is a substantial visible gas leak. So I pinch the overflow hose and find a crevice in the frame where I'm able to shove it in place, and it stays pinched. 
the leak stops. I immediately move the bike about 10 feet away from the puddle and pray the bike will start and run normally when it's time to board the ferry. It does. Oh. I leave it in the same state during the 1.5 hour crossing. Again, it starts normally, having not dropped a, spilled a drop onto the ferry. Wow. Off the other side, a mercifully quick and easy normal U-turn, and I am at my trailer home free. Yay! Wow. So, oh my gosh. And then he gets hit by show. lightning. Yeah, right? <laughs> right. And uh, he finish, shit show. finishes by saying, uh, maybe not, maybe destined for the living room, maybe get a title and build a cafe racer, not sure yet. Cheers, <laughs> Doug Green. Oh, Doug, I'm oh so glad God. you made wow. it through, Congratulations, and so did Doug I, Green, your story, man. Or friend of Doug Jeez. Green's story. JJ, could you have survived <laughs> that? <laughs> I'm not sure. It would have been a toss-up. <laughs> I'm hoping your heartbeat but, right now but I, but is I pretty think, chill. I think after going no, through that, isn't. I would have been looking the skies and hoping lightning doesn't hit me. I think right. about the <laughs> third time the gas station, I would have been hitting my spot. I'd have been like, I'm going to call <laughs> this. out of here. I, yeah, I would have called the spot. I'd be like, this is dumb. I'm going home. <laughs> I can't believe you pinched that tube off and didn't fill the engine full of gas. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So that <laughs> that's another amazing story. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I think wow. I think we should leave it on that. What do you think? Yeah. That's that's a lot of amazingness going on. Yeah. yeah. I, I give we're, two thumbs up. We're pushing uh, two hours now. Yeah, I think we all need a break after that. Um <laughs> Yeah. No. That, lots of good stories. And I think we're gonna have some we're gonna have some misfits with some good stories because Emma's not here. But she doing bus things? No, she's been working on her turbo gold mm-hmm. wing. Oh wow! Oh, oh she right. finally actually has time to do it now, huh? True. Yeah, and she's, she's been tearing it. it apart and redoing it. Mm. Uh, that's gonna be. There's gonna be a story there. Wow. Yeah, I bet. Also, Naked Jim, he's riding around Scotland. Oh yeah, on an R9T. Yeah, and he sent me a picture of a road that really looks like it didn't suck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm sure they got good roads over there. Mm-hmm. And he, he sent me a message saying they really love Steve McQueen over here. I'm like, well, it's Scotland. Mm-hmm. It's a dude with a Mick in his name. I think yeah. they have to, right? Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, I would imagine. Shit. I'm just saying. So we're going to have some more good stories coming up. Uh, not to mention some good guests I've been booking Excellent. lately, too. Um, I wanted to give just a whir whir update. Yeah. So, Women Writers World Relay going around the world. Bam, bam, and bam. right now, <clears throat> they are in, and this is where it's getting a little interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, they are in. Uh, where in the well, world is where we're The last one I saw <laughs> well, was here's a country thing. I didn't know of. Oh. Mm-hmm. So, they went from Lithuania. Uh huh. Down into Belarus. Oh, wow. That I'm familiar with. That's ancestry. Right. You're riding through the area of my ancestry. Me too. <laughs> and they need to go down to <clears throat> Ukraine, mm-hmm. mm. which is right below Belarus. Yeah. But you can't go through Belarus. Oh, wow. So, and if you actually look here, Bagel, so mm-hmm. we wanted to make sure to include Belarus. But you can only get a, a visa for a one-day visit. Oh, wow. And, and you have to go in and out <laughs> in that day. Hmm. So they, hmm. they actually did. They went down into Belarus, and now they had to go back up to Lithuania. Wow. Where they're now going to head west and go over to Poland mm-hmm. and go right down the Poland-Belarus border so that they can then cut into Ukraine. Wow. 
Hmm. Yeah, it was it, coming up with the route was tricky, but what's really cool is that we have ambassadors in all these countries. That's and wild men. Um, the Lithuanian women could go into Belarus. Mm-hmm. But there are other travelers with them oh, who couldn't. Wow. And so they all agree to stay with the group and to just do this thing, That's to drop right. down in so that the ambassador of Belarus could have people come and visit her country and we can count it. Mm. And then they have to go up and around and the long way down. Mm. So, um, Whatever yeah. it takes, man. <clears throat> Exactly. So, yeah, they're heading down, going to go Poland, down to Ukraine, and then it's going to go down to Romania, Bulgaria, and then we're getting into Turkey. Wow. Oh. And this is where we're going to be leaving Europe and things are going to change. Mm-hmm. And they're not going to have a lot of people on the rides anymore. We're going to be lucky to get a couple. Yeah. And to keep it going. So, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting. Um as it keeps going around it's going to be coming here in september october mm-hmm. and i'm just going to say that i might be riding a brand new indian cross country wow i'm just going to say it might, whoa, 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 might be riding a brand new indian cross my country choice. Is is Indian motorcycles <clears throat> providing you with a motorcycle? Mm. Is what what secret <clears throat> bullshit are you not telling us about? It's not official. Oh, well, but, <laughs> but I'm saying I might be riding a brand new Indian, and I don't know if you've looked at the uh, selection Indian has right now. It's pretty sweet. Yeah. Oh god. They got a lot of bikes. Yeah. Oh. Get a cool one. Don't get it like, dude. <laughs> They're like, all cool. Who are you talking Which to? Which one's not cool? Dude. <laughs> the one that I rode was cool. Do you get the FDR. Oh. Ride the goddamn FDR. Yeah. No. Why not? I'm going to do an iron butt on that. The thing's dope. No. It's the standard. With no, no, no wind protection. Stop being a We're doing like 500 to 1,000 mile days. <laughs> But you're going to look so cool on it. Oh, my God. Yeah. You're going to look so cool, cool on it. On an Don't Indian forget she's got me. Chief or a Springfield. Mm. The yeah. Springfields are cool. I saw one at the Quail. Not an FTR. Yeah. I haven't and seen one of those yet. what was really cool is the um, the engine is part of the frame kind of thing. Yeah. The frame isn't Cross continuous. Number, yeah. And they've got it. Stressful. I don't know how they did it, but they've got it now where... I'm going to look at this thing. Nothing vibrates. Whoa. You know how... Like, JJ, you know how on many big twins when it's running, how you can see, like, the front fork kind of just mm. fluctuates. Fluctuating, bah, 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 bah. Mm-hmm. Indian what now? The Chief Springfield, Chief? the Indian Springfield, nothing moves. They've got it so balanced. Wow. Everything, nothing vibrates. Huh. That's a nice looking bike. Yeah. That's a big well, Make bitch. sure you get the one with the electric windshield and cruise control. Oh, I've ridden yeah. I've ridden those and they're really nice. Mm, you can big. adjust that windshield so there's absolutely no wind on you. Wow. Well, How yes. about a dark horse? They're all pretty cool. They're all looking. pretty cool looking. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I may be writing. That's very man. cool. Very cool. So, that is the Where We're update. Mm-hmm. Official announcements to come. Just cool. uh, get the FDR and stick your KTM oh windshield on there. Fuck <laughs> 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 it, man. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. So I wanted to thank you again, JJ, for coming down, sharing your story. Um, I'm going to sit. I'm just going to go out a little bit. Oh, jeez. What the what was that? Oh, yeah. The little, ghost has returned. Drop. What was that? I don't know. 
Something fell from the sky. One of your light bulbs fell out, Liza. Okie dokie. Whoa. A lens. Lots of yeah. amazing stories going that, on wow, here. The intensity it. in the room Whoa. has taken uh, Liza, okay. don't Physical do that form. to me. Whatever I did, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's work. I'm sorry. It's telling you you should oh take my. the FTR. It just, it, <laughs> it just rolled some, something rolled off no. knock. What yeah, the hell? No, it's, right. it's a lens for one of the lights. Oh, jeez. Wow. So, oh, it must have melted or something. What? Wow. I don't well, know. there's this lens. Hot. Yeah, well, yeah, the last one right there. Look at the. Ooh, is that a burn mark on the roof or the ceiling? No, it's a shadow. Oh, thank so God. So I wanted to go back to saying I'm going to go out on a limb and say that you probably recommend that people get a spot. Well, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Especially, oh, if, especially well, yeah. when you're running by, when you drive when you do riding by yourself. Yeah, yeah. Especially uh, in remote areas. No matter. No matter how good you think you are, and like I said, for years I've always been able, I've always thought I could get out of anything. I mean, I got into some really predicaments, and I can always get out, and they maybe, I just thought I was invulnerable mm-hmm. until four weeks ago. You know, and, and I just want to go back, because I think you said, but let's just rehash, where did you get it from? How did you get received? My family this? bought it for me. Right there. Mm-hmm. Are they now feeling like pretty good that they <laughs> made that call? Aww. Yeah. I mean, they they were concerned uh, at my age. That's a hell of a uh, gift. That's and, a hell but, of a but, gift. That uh, they said, we, we kind of want to know if something happens, you've got a, a last resort. Yeah. Because we line. know you go in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. So... And it's a literal lifeline. I'm, I'm wondering if the spot is kind of like a gremlin bell, that mm. it only works if it's given to you. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I think it works if you, you buy it for yourself, too. But works when you pay for not, it. Not a bad idea. <laughs> not a bad idea to buy it for somebody else, though. And, and you've exactly. been riding for years, and you have mm-hmm. many narrow experiences. And fortunately, the timing was right. So... Just because yeah. you never know, yeah. maybe the which time means is right. I'm still alive. Which means I must still have something to accomplish in this lifetime. There you go. It's the, the forty two. The yep. forty two. <laughs> so, did you bring it with you today? No. He <laughs> <laughs> ain't going nowhere. He's just going up to Chico, man. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No comment. No comment. All right. So, thanks again, and thank you, everyone, uh, for listening and sending in emails because this is how we find out stories like this. Yeah. And uh, and for the story of the Ducati. If, if you, <laughs> oh, if my you God, almost, we love it. If you almost die, you could come on this show and talk about it. It's awesome. <laughs> With his story, you would have had to do it. You would have had to do a two-parter. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Uh, we I need know. to make sure we have more light bulbs. <laughs> yeah, I know. So thanks again, everyone, for listening, for making it here all the way to the end, where we tell you go to MotorcyclesAndMisfits.com. You'll yeah. find the links to our YouTube page, mm-hmm. to our, uh, oh, everything, our web, Facebook, and, um, yeah, and stay tuned next week. <clears throat> Let's see if I can really get payback John. For, uh, for uh, yeah. yeah, this was a uh, oh, no yeah. simple coin slot return. Yeah, hey. there's, a, there's a payback. There's, there's gonna Junior John, I'm even gonna, man. I'm gonna make a note to remind myself to sabotage <laughs> his bike. <laughs> <laughs> he, he left and and Fuck I was like, go take guy. a test ride. And he comes back. I was like, so you got into second, right? Oh no. 
Oh, like, dude. <laughs> yeah. So again, thanks everyone for listening. I think we're ready to wrap up. Um, Bagel. Yeah. You're going to. AMA Vintage Days. There you go. I've, AMA Vintage I've Days. Booked my flight and ready to go. AMA Vintage Days. All yep. right. Uh, there's. We're going to see how many misfits are going to go. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm hoping still... to be okay from surgery hey. and hit up Pikes Peak first. <clears throat> Vintage Days, head south and go barber and come back. Sweet. Yeah. I'm so jelly. Mm. <laughs> Hopefully, I can make it. Knees. Oh, well, big news. I'm glad. I'm glad you're you're heading out there. Yeah, me too. Uh, maybe we'll get some interviews while you're there. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yep. Hope for it. All right. I think we're ready to wrap up. Thanks again, everyone, for listening. This is Liza. This is Doc Bagel. JJ. Aloha. And we're out of here. Cool. Oh. Cool.